Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. My name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer. I've been in this business uh, since the late 1960s, over half a century. And we're here with a team of automotive experts, as you just heard on the recorded announcement, to uh, tell you how to avoid being ripped off by a car dealer. And uh, ripped off by servicing, repairing, uh, or leasing. Huge amount of leasing going on now. That's another interesting subject because uh, the car dealers are making a lot more money when they lease your car than when they sell your car. But a lot of you didn't know that. If you listened to the show, you probably did know that. And we're going to be talking about uh, just about anything that you want to talk about. That's the key to the show, is your uh, participation. We have a large group of regular callers from all over the country now, because we're on Facebook and Twitter, YouTube. We're streaming, and so you can watch us in California or Texas or uh, anywhere you happen to be um, hanging your hat. Australia. What's that? Australia. Yeah, Australia. And so um, we're focusing on uh, what you are interested in. It, we can't talk about necessarily what we're interested in because in full disclosure, we are in the retail automobile business. And uh, we look at the world from a different perspective because we're selling and you're buying. But the fact that we are in the retail business gives us an inside uh, lane, so to speak, because we know we've been there and we've done that, and we know how cars are sold, uh, we know how cars are repaired and serviced, and so it gives us that extra added area of expertise. There are a lot of experts out there, but until you've actually done it and, and lived it, you really don't have that uh, full insider knowledge, and we, we will share that with you. As I say, uh, I'm a recovering car dealer, we're all recovering in this room here, and uh, we've been in the business a long time. We evolved, uh, we, we evolved with you, the car buyer, and we, we happen to hang our hat on the fact that if you take care of your customers, if you're totally honest and transparent, what is the old saying, the better mousetrap, the world will be the path to your door. Uh, we tried that avenue. It's kind of the road less taken, unfortunately, by car dealers and people in the retail automobile business are still doing business the way they did uh, mid-20th century. You know, when I say mid-20th century, it doesn't sound that long ago to me, but it's a long time ago. And uh, there's even uh, a uh, groundswell effort now, legislatively and otherwise, to eliminate us car dealers. And uh, that could happen. I mean, it's being talked about. There's an op-ed article. Uh, editorial in today's automotive news. We were talking about it just before the show. And it says, time has come 
for a grand bargain on direct vehicle sales to customers. And it's written by a man, uh, Dr. Crane, who is a professor of law at the University of Michigan. And it's shocking, if for no other reason, it appears in the Auto Trade Journal. This is a, every manufacturer in the world, every car dealer in the world reads the automotive news. I mean, there's an Asian edition, a European edition, and a North American edition. And this is uh, pretty startling. But that's kind of insider stuff in a way, uh, but not if you think about it, because where will you be buying your next car, and what are the reasons for this? It's interesting. So whatever you want to talk about, 877-960-9960, and we do, uh, Nancy? So that leads me to this question for our listeners. Okay. If you could choose to purchase today your next car, who would you choose, manufacturer or a dealer? Yeah, if you have the right. Which now one? That's a, that's a great question. If you uh, choose. Right now you don't have a right to choice. There is no choice. You have to buy vehicles from car dealers. That's yeah. the law in all 50 states. So Nancy just asked this question. If right now you're having, you know, maybe you're thinking about buying a car, a truck, or SUV, and uh, you've been, or leasing, if you had the choice, would you rather buy it directly from the manufacturer? If you love Fords and you like F-150 pickup trucks, the most popular vehicle in the world. We saw a beauty when we came in. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you had the choice to buy that Ford F-150 pickup, would you buy it from your local Ford dealer? Or would you buy it, rather buy it, from Ford Motor Company. And that's being discussed, by the way, right now. Ford Motor Company, and this is a radical, this was in this uh, op-ed article in the Automotive News, Ford and General Motors have both come out against the dealers for the first time. Ford Motor Company and General Motors are actively pushing legislatively to be able to sell vehicles directly. So if you had your choice, would you, where would you rather buy your next Ford, Chevrolet, Toyota, Honda, from the manufacturer from the dealer, let us know. 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. That's our regular call-in number. And uh, we prioritize voice call-ins. So we only have three lines coming in or four. We ought to be sure we don't people uh, leave them hanging, uh, holding for too long. And we have a text number, 772-497-6530. That's 772-497. Four nine seven six five three zero. So let me switch over to Nancy Stewart. You all know her. Uh, she's our ladies' uh, champion advocate, and she's brought this show up to parody on female participation. We're 50-50, 17 years it took us to get there, but I congratulate Nancy for doing that. Thank you so much. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We have a great show ahead of us, and we hope that you can stick around for all two hours. And uh, ladies, uh, by now you know that you are in the majority as far as uh, the buying market is concerned, and especially automobiles. So this morning I have... $50 for the first two new lady callers. Uh, you can give us a call at 877-960-9960. That's 870-960-9960. 877-960-9960. Uh, give us a call. And I got $50 for the first two new lady callers. Uh, give us your opinion. Uh, did you do your homework before you went out to uh, purchase a car? Uh, did you 
Did you purchase the same day? Did you take your time? Anything at all? And also service. You are a big percentage of uh, the service department. There are more ladies uh, coming through the service drive uh, than ever before. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Now back to the recovering car dealer. And of course, you ladies, uh, you might have a different opinion than the men out there. Uh, I'd be interested in a female caller's opinion. Where would you want to buy your next car if you had a choice? Don't have a choice now. You have to buy it from the car dealer. So if you're driving a Hyundai, you have to go to a Hyundai dealer. Would you rather buy it directly from the manufacturer? It's like you buy your iPhone. You buy your iPhone from the Apple store. You don't have to deal through a dealer. In that case, the Apple store is owned by the manufacturer, but you're dealing directly with the manufacturer. Most products, uh, I won't say that, but a lot of products give you that choice. Okay, let's move around to uh, my son. Yes, Nancy. I'm going to interrupt you. Sure. John from Palm City is waiting to speak to us. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I'm calling today with two big thank yous. I want to thank Earl and Nancy and crew for being there every, every week during this terrible crisis we're having. Today's New York Times, the headlines, there's a new peak in case 79,000 plus cases in a single day. And I want to know, Earl and Nancy and crew have never missed during this entire coronavirus problem, never missed one show. It's unbelievable. And the second thing is the highlight of the show, which is the shopping reports, so very important. And I want to thank them again for that. And I want to talk about last week briefly, just to show you the shopping report that was done right here in Martin County, the deal that they went to. Hopefully the owner was listening and they shape up and change conditions because that location at one time was called Toyota or Stewart, and they totally had their franchise revoked. So hopefully the people that own it now, even though they have another dealership somewhere, they will listen and shape the place up because it's just ridiculous what people have to go through. And my vote would be, if you take an example like that, I would rather deal with the manufacturer than some of these individual dealers. So I just want to mention that. And it's a big thank you again for this show never being missed during this entire crisis and the great shopping reports. And this week is going to be a little different. It'll be about the uh, shop you know, mechanical part of the dealerships. So again, a big thank you for Earl Nancy and the entire crew. I appreciate those kind words, John. Yeah, we uh, we love doing this show, and uh, we have had second thoughts, and we worry, and we talk about it, and we live in the COVID world with all of you, and we think about it, and we're very careful, and we take precautions. If you can look at us, uh, stream us, we're all wearing masks, and we're uh, where the, the studio is disinfected before we come in. Uh, we have the, the Purell, we have the disinfectant wipes, and we're taking uh, extra precautions. So we all, we're all tested in this uh, studio periodically. Uh, each of us gets tested. And uh, fortunately, knock on wood, uh, our families and, and all of us have been uh, COVID-free. And uh, thanks for the compliment. But uh, it has been a little bit stressful for us. We think about it. and. Uh, uh, thanks for the call, John. You're yes. one of our most loyal 
uh, guys out there. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, John. Uh, again, we certainly my appreciate thank you that. To all of you. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's uh, move along to Stu Stewart, uh, my son, general manager of my dealership in uh, North Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, been in the business a long, long time. Uh, and uh, he he has a hands-on. He's he's there every day, and he deals with the way the business is done every single day. I step back a little bit. I'm more strategic. Stu is more tactical, and so it gives us a complete spectrum of the automotive uh, issue. Uh, uh, I know I know what you got on your mind about our unusual shopping report. Very unusual, and it's something that we've been promising, promising to our listeners that we would do a, a service uh, department shop. And before I get started, I just wanted to say that it is a lot more difficult to, to do that sort of shop. A sales mystery shop requires a person <laughs> to walk into a dealership. A uh, service mystery shop requires a vehicle. Uh, that can't be detected as uh, uh, belonging to our dealership. Sure. And so usually we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pick a, a used car. I can't say usually because we've only done it a couple of times in the history of the show. Um, but um, then you have to make something appear to go wrong with it that's not obvious. So um, I, last week I reported what we did was uh, we took a 2018 Jeep Wrangler and uh, Rick sabotaged it. Um, nothing, nothing safety related. But he he unhooked a, a wire, and I don't want to get into the the tech. Rick can address it later when you hear what happened. But he disconnected a, a wire that would make the check engine light come on, and we're all familiar with that. The check engine com light comes on. Hmm. It's scary. People don't know should I stop driving the car? Is the car going to blow up? What's going to happen? And uh, most of you are, who have experience with this realize that. Oftentimes, it's, it's not a big deal. It just might even be the gas cap. That and it wasn't a hidden wire. It was something that was very yeah. visible. To yeah. Obvious. Yeah, Rick just kind of reached in, and well, he knew what he was doing. He just didn't grab a random wire. But he, disconnect, he disconnected a wire, and it caused the check engine light to come on. So we had our older mystery shop extraordinaire, um, Agent Thunder's wife, uh, bring the vehicle in to, and I'll tell you the name of the dealership now, uh, it was Napleton's Chrysler Dodge Jeep on North Lake Boulevard in, uh, in Lake Park, Palm Beach Gardens, somewhere in that vicinity. And uh, so here's the shop. Now, we, we're, not, we're not doing it in the same format. I'm just going to tell you what happened. So she brought the, the vehicle in, and what she first encountered was an incredibly busy service department with, with uh, Jeeps and Chryslers uh, lined up down the service drive. And when she finally spoke to a, uh, um, a service advisor, um, they ex explained that they were way too busy to see the vehicle, and they told her to bring the car back to where she just bought it because she told them that uh, she just purchased the car. Uh, she said she's really not comfortable driving with the check engine light. Can you do something now? They said no. They warned her that they had a very high labor rate and, um, and, suggest and kept trying to get her to bring back to the, uh, the, the selling dealer. Um, but what they ended up doing was making an appointment for the following Tuesday. So that was Tuesday of this uh, just a few days ago. Um, on Tuesday, she brings the vehicle back in. Um, little snafu occurred. They uh, didn't have a record of an appointment. Um, she kept pushing to get the vehicle seen. Uh, so they plugged in a, uh, I guess, a, it was a diagnostic computer into the port, and they, they read the code that the check engine light was indicating. And they said it could be something very serious, and they recommended that she leave the vehicle overnight. So she leaves the vehicle with them. Uh, the following day, um, they call her to let her know that the, uh, that the Jeep was ready. Uh, when she came back in, they said, no charge to you. It's all under warranty. And so that was a, a pleasant surprise. But when we inspected the, the invoice, which explained the work they, that they did, 
uh, they diagnosed it as a bad engine computer, right, Rick? Is the PCM? Yes. So they replaced a fairly expensive part under warranty, and they charged this to to Jeep. Uh, this was a severe misdiagnosis. Hmm. Um, it's not to say that it couldn't happen, and it was also fortunate that this misdiagnosis. Uh, the brunt of it was felt by by Jeep uh, warranty, <laughs> but n and not by the customer. Um, but Rick, I just wanted to ask you: How difficult would it be to have diagnosed the problem that that you created? The plugs that I disconnected were for what's called the oxygen sensor that goes to the exhaust. So it's a it's an emissions related thing. Um, at the very least, it might have made the vehicle use a little more gasoline than normal driving certainly not creating any safety issues. We didn't want to put anybody in any danger. However, for a, a qualified technician who knows their product even a little bit, it would have been a simple thing to pull the code and shine a flashlight down into the area on that engine and they would have seen those plugs. They, they were literally 18 inches away from the side of the car and they're very visible right through the, having the hood open and I would have done a visual inspection first because my first thought is, suppose a rat had chewed on those wires, I want to see what's going on. So you shine a light on those connectors and you would see they weren't plugged in properly, reconnect them, clear the code and test it. And that would have taken Problem care of solved. it. Yeah, so there's a, a fairly detailed explanation of the process that they took. They noticed that there's a problem with the, cir uh, the circuit. They sought to verify it. They inspected, then it says finally checked for high resistance in circuit and found it to be normal. Upon following flowchart, found issue to be with the PCM, and that's that computer that we talked about. Replaced the PCM and programmed it. Um, so that's how they solved it. Like I said, a misdiagnosis, uh, and that's the charitable view of what happened. It, it is possible that they, it's possible that they knew exactly what was going on and they uh, were able to, uh, to sell a, or, uh, a very expensive part. Interesting. So if someone had, uh, seen the wire, which uh, a qualified mechanic would have seen the wire, and plugged it back in, the uh, the amount of time that would have taken would have been uh, how much? Five minutes. Five minutes. And the charge to uh, Chrysler? Unfortunately, when the customer gets a copy of a warranty, it just says no charge, and it says under yeah. warranty. So yeah. we don't have the internal document to find out how many hours that they charged or the, or the cost of the part that they got for free. Um, well, well, when you read the description of what they did, what was the uh, description again? Oh, they replaced the, it said, well, they checked it. So they went through a series of checks, finding out where the, uh, the this circuit was yeah. broken. And after they, so they did an inspection that doesn't give the time. Um, and then it says, finally, they says they followed the flow, upon following the flow chart, found the issue to be with the PCM. So they didn't find the issue with a wire that wasn't connected. They found a bad part, is what they said, and so then they replaced it. So, so, so let me finish my train of thought here. So what would be the approximate charge to Chrysler Jeep Dodge Corporation, Chrysler Corporation, to replace a CPM? Um, going by basing this off my experience with Toyota. The, the ballpark. I would say maybe a half hour labor and then the cost of the part, which probably would be anywhere from $800 to $1,200. And if they were allowed to charge additional time for diagnostic, which some companies will allow extra warranty time for diagnostic, mm. others say no, you cannot charge anything extra. 
you get paid just that amount, that's it. Well, let's be generous. Uh, let's say that uh, for the five minutes to plug the wire in, uh, uh, they charged $1,000 to Chrysler Corporation. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see the, the reason that this is a, uh, a serious situation. So it was either done uh, through incompetence or I don't like the word to use stupidity. All right. but, or, or malfeasance. Yeah, just, uh, it, was, it, was a, it, it was an accident or it was on purpose. If it was an accident, uh, you accidentally charged Chrysler Corporation at least $1,000 under warranty, which you should not have done. Right. And uh, in this case, this is a consumer show, so we're going to focus on the fact that as far as the consumer is concerned, the car got fixed. Yeah. The fact that they charged Chrysler $1,000 for five minutes plugging wire in I guess it's not your concern, and it's really not our right. concern. Right. And we don't know well, if that happened. I'm sure either. they didn't plug yes. the bar. I'm sure they actually they did get the part, and yeah. they made, if they're anything like a parts department, can yeah. retain about 40% of that as profit, yeah. um, then they made a nice little, that was a nice little deal. Yeah. Nancy? Thank you. Uh, did you say the car was left overnight? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's uh, something to well, say. Well, the reason they That's said quite that. A, yeah, but they said it was because they were too busy, and yeah. and so they couldn't honor the appointment yeah. that they made. I guess the good news is that it was uh, covered under warranty, and uh, it wasn't uh, charged to the customer. Uh, but it is definitely an unfortunate mistake. And uh, I do have to say that uh, we talk to uh, consumers every single day, customers every day, about the check engine light. Uh, so it is a, you know, uh, it, it can be very serious, but uh, unfortunately, uh, th this is unfortunate. You know, there's a lot of things that go on in service. Right. The next step that we have to do, and this is actually um, uh, Steve on Facebook asked the question, um, we still have to inspect the Jeep and just determine if they did replace the, the, the P uh, PCM. Um, I suspect that they, that they did, but it is possible, um, you know, being having the most pessimistic uh, take on this, that they didn't. But uh, most likely, I think. Yeah, well, shame on yeah. us for not checking it already, but yeah. Well, oh, this yeah. came, I, I do apologize, but I have been out for the last couple of days with a, yeah. an issue, so yeah. I wasn't able to. Yeah, to I Okay, well, we'll get that information for you next week. We'll let you know if we replace. Maybe somebody could check it out for us right now. Maybe uh, you could ask uh, somebody in the shop to take a. You should know, be able to, uh, to uh, tell them just a flash, right, if uh, it was a new uh, central processing unit. Yeah, I'm, I'm handling that right now. Sounds yeah, that, that may be difficult to tell because oh, some okay. of them are easy accessible okay. under the hood. Okay. Others are buried up under the dash. Okay, I got you. Hey, uh, before we continue, let's get to Frank. He's been holding for quite some time. He's a regular caller from West Palm Beach. Yes. Good morning, Frank. Good hey, morning, Frank. good morning. I got a uh, question about about a half hour ago on the news before your show started. I heard about a case in Texas. The police were chasing a pickup truck that was stolen. They didn't know it was stolen. They chased it because the headlights were flashing. And they said uh, some cars, that's a feature, anti-theft feature. When a car is stolen, the headlights start flashing. Oh, they are Unfortunately, the teenage girls that stole it, one got killed when they crashed, and the other one, serious condition. Oh. But anyway, the, the, the story about the, fla he the fla flashing headlights, have you ever heard of that? I haven't. Rick, uh, Stu, Nancy, have you heard of it? This, this is the, the urban legend that if you 
flash your headlights or some with the powers off? A theft, theft no, deterrent. No. Oh. Yeah, the Frank okay. says that this is a theft deterrent. The police said uh, if you someone steals your car, then the oh, lights will flash. I've, I've never heard of that. I've seen lots of aftermarket alarm systems and even factory alarm systems that when the alarm is going off, yeah. the lights will flash. Oh, okay. So there are different security but, systems but it also usually immobilizes the engine so well it, it disables the starter normally right. okay but if the vehicle if you get the vehicle running and disable the sirens for it then Maybe the lights right. may still flash oh, as right. part yeah. of that uh, yeah. theft deterrent system so yeah right. thanks very much for that information okay well anyway i was wondering if my rav4 has it but i guess not uh, no, i think that's, it's an aftermarket uh, thing i believe that if you add uh, aftermarket, some yeah. aftermarket theft deterrents do flash the lights when right. when the siren goes off or horn or whatever it is. Right, right. All right, that's something new that I heard about. Mm -hmm. And your your, your uh, case you were just talking about, about the Jeep, that happened to my father back in the 70s with a Cadillac. They just unplugged the uh, cruise control, wanted a charge of $125 to repair it, no guarantee. And he said, no, to heck with it. And then uh, when he went someplace else for service, they asked him, how come your cruise control is disconnected? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, time. Anyway, things haven't changed in a long time. Thank for, you. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Frank. That phone number is 877-960-9960. And uh, remember earlier, Earl was referring to a article in the Automotive News uh, that a, a, a law professor wrote. And he asked a question, and so did I, as to whether um, what you would, where you would purchase your vehicle, if you were to purchase your next car, would it be from a manufacturer or a dealer? What would you choose? Give us a call. 877-960-9960, or you can text us with your answer at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two lady callers. Give us a call. Stu? Yeah, I, I wanted to bring something up. We talked about it last week. I'm very surprised you haven't brought it up yet. Um, last week we talked about um, um, Earl's concept to create a, an army of volunteers oh. across the country to assess assist car buyers um, in their area, in their communities, and uh, it's been labeled Earl's Vigilantes. And I- Earl's what? Vigilantes. Oh, okay. I said Volantes. I started, I, I slipped uh, into Italian for a second. Oh, okay. Um, if you go to earlsvigilantes.com, you can sign up. If you want to volunteer, um, that'll generate a message that comes to me. And all I ask you in your, in your application is tell me how you think you can help the, the uh, consumers in your area. And you would just be, you have to be willing to list your email address online and your name and be willing to take some emails. Um, and it's up to you later on if you want to exchange phone numbers to help somebody uh, who is not necessarily equipped to handle a car buying or servicing experience on their own. Um, you can also find this on earloncars.com. We do link to it. And uh, right now, it's the, the, the website is, is up. Um, it's still kind of being uh, tweaked, but it's, it's functional. And we have a few volunteers already. So if you go to earlsvigilantes.com or earloncars.com, you, you can link to that. And please, volunteer, because uh, we could use your help. Let me address the word vigilante, uh, because uh, actually, and I want to give credit to Jonathan, who's our visual video control guy, and he <laughs> came up with the whole idea. Let's get a name for yeah, Earl's volunteers. <laughs> and so we, we kicked it back and forth, and, and we came up with the name vigilante. And here's, here's a, 
Vigilante has a negative uh, spin to it, and uh, certainly there have been some terrible uh, cases of uh, you know, wrongdoing by people that call themselves vigilante. But, so I looked it up, and the definition of a vigilante, and there was a time, like so many other things in our country, there was a time and place. And there was a time when vigilanteism was a good thing, and vigilantes uh, were born, and, they, and the name was established for people that, that took the law into their own hands because the law ignored situations. In other words, crime, uh, bad things were happening, and the law enforcement agencies were doing nothing. And so vigilantes were born to give stability and peace and safety uh, to the people in their community. So this is the definition of vigilanteism, and Earl's vigilantes are doing this. Why? Because the uh, Attorney General, Ashley Moody, in Florida is an example, does nothing. Uh, the State Office of Consumer Affairs, car dealers themselves refuse to have a self-policing agency. There is no ethics commission. If you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, uh, many other professions, they have internal policing, and they have uh, internal uh, sanctions against people in their profession to avoid having the embarrassment that you have when you, uh, when you are uh, arrested or charged on the outside uh, police or FBI or uh, attorney generals. The problem is the police, the FBI, and the attorney generals are ignoring what's going on. So, hence, the birth of Earl's Vigilantes. Didn't mean to run on there, but uh, pr pretty uh, exciting, okay. pretty, sure, sure. really pretty exciting. And you know, folks, uh, this is proof that you are an important part of the show. Um, we're including you in the show, as I say every single week. Um, not only your opinion, your information you share with us, but can you imagine? Earl's Vigilantes, and this is going to be a, another exciting part of our show. So stick with us. We'd love to hear from you. We got some volunteers already, don't we, Stu? Uh, we do. We had a, a, a couple from last week's show, um, and they have to be put up on the website. And then a gentleman you were speaking with on Facebook, he volunteered. He's the first one up. He's in Maryland, um, and his name's Robert. So he's, uh, he's our first official one up there, and the rest will get up there. Um, so please visit EarlsVigilantes.com and sign up. And Earl's we're, and we're probably going to have t-shirts and hats. Maybe we're, we're coming up with some sort of form of identification. Uh, and uh, if, you, if you can think of anything that would be uh, suitable, uh, we'll, we will be, once you're screened and approved as a vigilante, then we'll give you your uh, identification, a badge or a hat or a t-shirt. I can think of something. Ladies, you too can be part of Earl's Vigilantes. You too. So don't forget to uh, take a look. Uh, the uh, w website again, Stu? EarlsVigilantes.com. And if that's too much of a mouthful, just go to EarlOnCars.com. Right there at the top of the page, there's a link. And by the way, um, if you need help, you go to the same place. You go to yeah. EarlsVigilantes.com. Yeah. And it says, find a vigilante, and it's listed by state. So you go down, find your state, and you'll find your vigilante. And one, one of the, I was just uh, thinking that one of the uh, important duties as a vigilante, if you do choose to volunteer, is to file the complaint. Because car dealers have been getting away with what they've done for so long, since at least the mid-20th century, and certainly well before that, because they've been getting away with it because of the lack of enforcement. Uh, people just don't complain. Uh, when I was testifying before the Florida Senate to try to make the dealer fee illegal, 
I was told by the Florida Automobile Dealers Association attorneys and the Attorney General, well, Mr. Stewart, one of the reasons that we don't take action against dealers is we don't get that many complaints. So people are just, what is they? They're, they're, they're numb from the abuse of the, of the rules and the laws. You know, they just don't complain. So we want you vigilantes to file complaints with the Attorney General, file complaints with the County Office of Consumer Affairs, with the Florida Department of Motor Vehicles, or I keep forgetting we're international, with the Department of Motor Vehicles, wherever you may be. And you can go to our own cars and download those forms as well. So vigilantes, if we can have you filing complaints all over the country, we can bring attention to the sad state of affairs. Yes, can be a big help. Uh, we're going to go to Marty, uh, who has been holding. Uh, thank you so much for your patience, Marty. Uh, you can see or hear that we're having a great time here, and there's a lot to get involved with. Marty's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning. Hi. Hi, how are you? We're well, thank you. Uh, what I want to ask Earl and everybody else, uh, when you see a car ad for a lease, you'll see uh, $99 a month, $129 a month. And obviously, when you look at it, you see there's a down payment of 3000 5000 Do you think that it should be a state law or a government law that the down payment is added to the price? So you see the true cost of the lease versus these fictitious prices. Well, Marty, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, there happens to be a federal law. Uh, it's a law from the Federal Trade Commission. And they, uh, I can't cite you the uh, page and statute exactly, but I almost know it verbatim. The law says that when you advertise a price, uh, you must, any disqualifications of that price, Anything that changes that price must be in the, displayed as prominently and conspicuously as the price itself. So you said a $99 or $129 a month lease. If you're advertising that online, the newspaper, television, and, and the, the letters of that, as you look at it, let's say they're two inches high, $129 a month. Let's say the down payment is $10,000. Well, what's happening right now is they're putting it in fine print, if at all, in the fine print. The flash on the screen so sh quickly and so small you can't read it. The Federal Trade Commission says that $10,000 down payment has to be right beside the $129 per month lease, and it has to be as big print, as dark print, as the other. That is a federal law, and it's being violated every day. And that's one of the reasons, another reason, we're forming Earl's Vigilantes, yeah. to complain to the Federal Trade Commission. Yeah, another thing, Marty, we've discovered on the last several mystery shops we've done, not only are, is the uh, giant down payment hidden, buried deep down in fine print that's almost impossible to read, it's the payment appears next to a statement that says, no money down. So it's not just a, uh, a disqualifying detail in the fine print. It's it's the ad is uh, they're blatantly deceptive. Yeah, it's a science. They even make the color of the disclaimer. Not only is it microscopic, but they will have something like red on blue, which apparently they've done some scientific testing. The most difficult to, uh, uh, color combination to read is red on blue. They've got it down to a science, and it's it's illegal. 
Right, and some of the ads are actually the manufacturer's ads. Some yes. Some of the national ads. Exactly. Also, you can't tell what it is. Now, yeah. as a, I happen to be, I consider myself a good consumer, so I never take their ad as being uh, what the price is, and so you check everything out. Yes. But a lot of people think, I mean, I had a friend of mine once that said to me, oh, we got a great deal on a Hyundai, and then he tells me the rest of the story. He said, well, that was only with $5,000 down. So I said, well, I said, you better divide the 5000 by 36 and now you know what you're really paying. So he said, oh, you got to do that? I said, yeah. I said, you, I said, you don't, you have to pay, uh, you know, what you have to pay. I got to ask you one other question. Yeah. Uh, this is going back years and years ago. We bought an Oldsmobile, which we finally got rid of, but this is years ago, and my wife couldn't see very well out of it. It had bucket seats. These were the first car we had with bucket seats. And the dealer also had a car that had a bench seat in the front. Those are the days of a bench seat. So I went back to the dealer and said, I had the car for a week. I said to the dealer, listen, we've had this car for a week. We put on 100 miles, and my wife can't see very good, and she's afraid she's going to have an accident. I said, you've got a bench seat. Can I just, you know, trade it back into you? There's only, like I said, 100 miles on the car. The guy said, oh, well, we, we titled the car already. So now it's a used car, and I had to pay, uh, I think it was $800 to yeah. trade it after yeah. a week. Yeah. The car only stickered for 4200 or something in those sure. days. Sure. So I said, well, okay. About a week or two weeks later, I see I never got the title in the mail. This is in New York State. Uh -huh. So I figured the dealer lied to me. Sure. He really never titled the car. Usually sure. you don't title it that fast. Exactly. Yeah, the title. So anyways, yeah. So anyways, I went to small claims court. And that's the story I told the judge. Well, I lost the case because the judge <laughs> said, well, you, you made the deal, and they said, and it doesn't make any difference if he titled or he didn't. But I really think that he, obviously this dealership made $800 on me. I oh, never sure. bought another car from there again. Sure. But, you know, the consumers have been taken for a ride in a lot of these car deals. Absolutely. Now, let's... Uh that's common practice, and uh, you're right, the titling, unfortunately, takes too long, and when you buy a car, uh, the title process can take uh, weeks or even months. Uh, we sell a lot of vehicles. We, uh, if we sell a car that's, that uh, we put a temporary tag on it, and oftentimes we have customers complaining because uh, the titling isn't done in a reasonable amount of time. So you buy a car and come back three or four days later and change your mind, the processing has not happened. They could stop it. They could refund your money. Uh, they would have to sell the car for a little bit less. They should report to the next buyer that this car was sold to a man that didn't like bucket seats, and we changed it for a bench seat. It's only got 100 miles. It's a real value. You can buy it for almost, you can buy it for less than you charge for a new car, but not $800, not a, a ridiculous amount. So it's the mentality and the ethics of car dealers, uh, they don't exist. Yeah. Well, fortunately, this guy went out of business. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, and there's another one right behind him. <laughs> <laughs> All 
well, thank you. Thank you, Marty. You stay safe and be well. Thanks for the call, Marty. Uh, give us a call. Uh, you're a very important part of the show. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Yeah, uh, Rick's got a YouTube over here. Well, let's get to some of the questions. Well, it's interesting because I've actually got four of them based on your question about where would you buy your car. Oh, great. Uh, Mark Ryan says, although purchasing directly through the manufacturer would save money, what about the service element? I'd prefer the dealership for all of the after-sale support. Wayne says, if I knew I was getting a flat price, same as everyone else, I would be good dealing with the manufacturer. Guy Larrabee says, I would like to buy my car from Amazon. Good price, no flim-flam, good service, easy return policy, home delivery. Who could ask for more? And KitKat comes in with, how would you test drive a car from the manufacturer before buying? So basically just two questions there is, how would you test drive it? And what about servicing the car afterwards? Where, you know, if there were no dealerships, where would you service your vehicles? Well, let me go back and back up a little bit as far as the servicing uh, and uh, the test driving. Uh, those questions are very, very revealing because they were well thought out. And those are two things that would have to be addressed. Uh, Tesla has already addressed that as an example. And Tesla has uh, locations all over the country uh, where you can test drive a car. Uh, in some states, they cannot sell direct, but in many states, they can. Uh, and uh, those states where they cannot, you can still test drive the car. And of course, you can have your car maintained and repaired. Uh, so mm. that's something that the manufacturer would have to deal with uh, setting up satellite locations all over the country uh, to take care of those people that buy the cars from them. So yeah, yeah, that's something that has to be addressed. Now bear in mind, part of this whole discussion about buying direct from manufacturer evolved with the electric car. Now the electric car is a whole new ballgame. The combustion engine requires far more maintenance than an electric vehicle. And uh, some say an electric vehicle really requires no maintenance. Well, there's no such thing as no maintenance, but it's so minimal compared to a combustion engine. Uh, the size of the dealership uh, servicing would be much smaller. A lot of it would be done by computer, uh, by uh, flashing, and uh, even in the customer's garage, a lot of software uh, fixes would be possible. And the car of the future which is not too far in the future, just a few years. So maintenance and, and, and repair is not a, such an issue, but driving the car is. And it's easy to have satellite locations where one of each model is available for a test drive. So that's, that, that's the way to, but I'm, I'm impressed. If I'm counting so far, everybody has said, given some caveats about service and test drive, I'd rather buy directly from the manufacturer. Uh, all, you had four of those, right? That's all so four, four, basically. That's, that's what I'm seeing. And yeah. I think we had somebody else that was maybe five. Stu, what do you have over there? Any answers? Let's to see the, here. Uh, well, we had a couple on Facebook said we would rather buy from you, Earl. They're very sweet. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Uh, this, this is another compliment, compliment on anonymous feedback to you. It just popped in. Um, 
but it does address a, a, an issue. It says, I couldn't imagine getting better service from Toyota than what you provide with your personal touch. I can imagine car manufacturers sticking to a rigid set of policies that will hurt consumers who rely on dealers like you. Of course, I realize there aren't many dealers like you. You know, one thing this, um, this uh, question, uh, now that it's reaching the heights it has, uh, being, not being understanding car dealers, the fact that Ford and General Motors have come out in favor of direct sales, that is huge. Uh, most of the other manufacturers are remaining silent, but I know it's in the backs of the minds of many of the manufacturers. So uh, this thing is going to catch fire and it's going to move quickly and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a huge watershed moment in the automobile, automobile retail. Um, dealers have millions and tens of millions of dollars investing, invested in buildings and facilities and uh, there's a huge economic impact on the, on the economy by the fact that it's moving in this direction. Very good point. Uh, we are going to go to uh, Guy, who's been holding, and he's calling us from Ottawa, Canada. Wow. Good morning. Good morning, Earl. Uh, Welcome. I uh, have to say that I thoroughly enjoy your show. I watch it every Saturday morning. Oh, thank you. Uh, we have something today that will warm your heart. Uh, in Ontario, uh, a car dealer has been charged $17,000 this week uh, for false advertising. Oh, uh, there was wow. a dealer in Windsor, Ontario, which is the hub of auto manufacturing in Ontario, who was advertising Dodge Rams at a very low price. However, when people went in, they said, well, you can't have it at that price because that's for employees only. <laughs> so the consumer branch did an investigation and found him guilty of false advertising and fined him $17,000. Now, this is the third offense for this dealer, uh, Windsor Chrysler, and uh, the first time they were charged $4,000 fine. That uh, wasn't enough to change their ways. The second time they were charged $8,000 fine. Still wasn't enough to change their ways. Now they charge him $17,000, and the next time will be $35,000 until they change their ways. So this is the type of uh, thing that I guess the, uh, you would like to have uh, in Florida. Yes. I'd just like your comments on that. Well, Guy, I, 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 you're right. It brings a big smile on my face, although you can't see it. I love Canada. <laughs> Canada's great. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's nice to see that in, in uh, Ottawa that they have, or, uh, they have the courage to enforce the law. And usually the lobbyists from the auto associations and from the dealers themselves and from the manufacturers, the lobbying, and they support through PACs, uh, people get elected like attorney generals. I'm not familiar with the uh, consumer enforcement groups in, uh, in Canada, but uh, it's nice to th see that someone can stand up against the money, you know, follow the money. That's the reason you don't see it in the United States. There is so much money. The attorney general of uh, Florida is elected with support from the Florida Automobile Dealers Association and from the manufacturers and from the individual dealers. Uh, an attorney general in Florida, if they had the auto lobby against them, could never get elected. So that's the reason a lot of <laughs> silence on the part of those. So congratulations. You should be proud of uh, being a Canadian and, and 
and I'm and proud of, the, of your enforcement agencies. And uh, I, I hope you can call the show again when the $35,000 yes. fine comes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'll do that for sure. Thank well, you very much, bye -bye. Guy. Great, great call. Thank you, Guy. Amazing, amazing. Okay, I hope Ashley Moody was listening. Uh, <laughs> that's our attorney general. You think you can do something about all this deception by all these dealers? Uh, give her a call, folks. Uh, she is at 850-414-3300. Ashley Moody, our attorney general, who should be helping us. Back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, let's, uh, we don't have YouTube over here. I've actually got a couple. Yeah. Uh, first one, Robert Prophet is asking, how can a person tell if a car has safety sensors built inside the windshield? I understand that some windshields will cost way higher to replace and install. And that's actually very true because first off we started with windshields that just had a rain sensor that could automatically turn on your, your windshield wipers. Right. But now you've got such systems as the heads up display, uh, oh, yeah. the and cameras. That's in the windshield. Well there's actually a special sheet on the windshield that reflects the, the oh the transmission it's a little little projector that transmits that onto the windshield so if you broke if you if you broke your windshield you wouldn't have to uh, do anything other than put that sheet back on there well the the new windshield would come with it but oh. it does increase the cost of the windshield of course yeah however yeah. such systems as the cameras for uh, the automatic braking and lane keep assist lane departure assist mm -hmm. The ones that are watching out the front of the car and helping drive your car for you, when you replace the windshield, a lot of those cameras must be recalibrated properly. And we have found also that if the windshield installed is an aftermarket windshield, quite often those cameras cannot see through it properly because oh. the glass is not designed right. And we've actually had customers that have had to go back and have a new windshield installed again wow to get a factory windshield in order to recalibrate those cameras properly. Well, that's, that's a heads up, folks. Uh, what yeah. Richard said, if you have an accident and we replace your windshield, be sure your insurance company gives you an up-to-code, up-to-specification windshield that will accommodate your, um, what's it, with the uh, proximity kind of a... Exactly, the, yeah. the, uh, for the automatic braking systems, yeah. for lane keep assist, Yeah. And the easiest way to tell if your car has any of these systems, of course, is you know, read through what features your car has, but also look up next to your rear view mirror, and if you have any sort of a camera or other device up there that yeah. you can see from the outside, then you know you've got those sensors, and it'll have to be specially installed that way. Great question. Thank you, Rick. There's a follow-up question somebody just texted. It says, if you replace your windshield using a company like Safelite, you know, Safelite Repair, Safelite Replace, yep. uh, will they replace the windshield with the proper windshield like Rick talked about? The, the well-known companies, yes. They are very well aware of these new systems, and they watch for them and make sure they get them done properly. And they will also recommend for you, if you have a, an issue with those cameras, they'll tell you you'll need to go to the dealership to get that recalibrated properly. What about some of those local uh, windshield companies? I know there's several in our area. We, we use um, some with our in our collision repair center. They come in as a sublet thing. Yep. Um, they're equipped to do the, the proper replacement and repair? Yes, they are. Okay, great. Okay, uh, we are going to... Uh, 
give you that number and the text number. Uh, as I said earlier, you're an important part of the show. Hey, 777-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, $50. First two new lady callers. And we've Stoop. got one more here, actually, if I can just slip it in. Uh, Paul is asking, I'm looking to buy a Camry XLE. At the dealership I'm looking at, they're offering 0% financing. Is this a ploy or are there special qualifications you have to meet? It's probably legitimate because the manufacturer has a lot of uh, zero and low interest rate. So if it's a Toyota Captiva, in other words, Toyota Financial Corporation or Southeast Toyota Financial Corporation, uh, the 0% is legitimate. And you also have an either or probably that you can take a cash rebate. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. It could be $1,000 cash rebate or 0%, in which case you just have to do the arithmetic. There, there, is, there, is, there are qualifications, but they're not prohibitive. The 0% is usually for the, um, the better credit, not necessarily like stellar 800 beacon score credit, but yeah, so it might be, yeah, it could be 700, even maybe in the high sixes, and then you go, then it'll go for worse credit might go down to 0.9% uh, or go up to 0.9%. So, um, but it is legitimate, 0% when you see that it, it's for real. Awesome. Let me mention one thing uh, that I didn't earlier www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Take advantage of it. www youranonymousfeedback.com. If you're new to the show, we don't know who you are. That goes through a special company called Incognito. If you're interested, you can Google it. Incognito, spelled I-N-C-O-G-N-E-A-T-O.com. And they offer this amazing service that you can buy, to, uh, buy into if you're a company or an individual or anybody. And people can just send to you a, a message and you'll never, no matter how much you try to beat it out of anybody, they never know who sent the message. So you want anon anonymity? Youranonymousfeedback.com. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And here's uh, some breaking news. Uh, I believe that Jessica from Sebring is going to join Earl's Vigilantes. Wow. She will be the first female. I am yeah. getting applications. Uh, they're coming in as we're doing the show. So that's awesome. Fantastic. And then we'll come up with... a. Uh, we need a good logo, Stu. We have something with a Stu's the artistic member of the family. Come up with something cool and uh, in good taste and something people would be proud of. Uh, what do vigilantes wear? Uh, masks, but I don't I'll, think we I'll, want I'll, I'll have fun with it. You, I promise you'll love it. Okay. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Okay, we have a text message from Andreas um, in, North, in South Carolina. It says, good morning, Earl. Um, I'd like to report that my wife's peeling wheels were replaced by the dealer without hesitation and question. The service manager to whom I reported the issue tasked a very nice service writer to handle the issue, and it was a very pleasant experience. New wheels were ordered and installed. Kudos to Dick Smith Hyundai in Greenville, South Carolina, and Brittany in the service department. Um, I'd also like to share that I'm afraid for another dealer's life here in South Carolina. I saw that a dealer posted a sign now open Sundays. I think this is views, viewed as sacrilegious as I've heard stories of dealers' businesses being vandalized by other dealers in the past for being open on Sundays. <laughs> some, some supposedly receive threats against their lives. Uh, putting the blue laws aside for a moment, um, if Florida has those, would you entertain the idea of being open on Sundays? Would other dealers be upset? Well, 
we got news for you. Every dealer down here is open on Sunday, but that wasn't always the case. And you know, Earl can tell you about what that transition was like. Were you ever threatened by another dealer for? Because uh, I think you were among the first. I was threatened by my employees. They were uh, the <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a, that, I was the first dealer in Florida to open on Sundays. Uh, even back when I was evil, I had the understanding that if you're going to be successful in retail, you have to make yourself easily accessible to your customers. I mean, I think of that as a no-brainer, but it took car dealers a long time to figure it out. And in Detroit, it was really an interesting. I don't slap me if I get carried away here, but can, believe it or not, if you're from Detroit area of Michigan, in Detroit, the dealers used to be open nine to five, five days a week. They were closed Saturdays and Sundays. And uh, I, could never, I, I could never fathom that. I had a lot of friends that were dealers in Detroit. Anyway. Yes, I opened first and Sunday back in the uh, 70s, and uh, service was closed. I opened service, and uh, now we're totally free and open to our customers. Uh, my employees didn't like it, and I don't blame them. Retail is a tough business. You, if you're going to be in retail, you have to be open. You have to be available to your customers. And who likes to work Sunday? I don't. Uh, nobody likes to work Sunday, but we work shifts. And we yeah. work. Uh, yeah. we, if you work Sunday, you get Tuesday off, and it's tough on the families. Retail is a tough business. So it there. definitely is. And and you know, um, I got a telephone call uh, from a young lady in Colorado, and she had just made the transition from Florida. Uh, to Colorado because of uh, a job and she said to me can you believe that I can't get my car serviced on Sunday and I said oh you're kidding I did not know that uh, so the customer comes first obviously 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and uh, Frank thank you for waiting Frank's calling us from Jupiter Farms well, good morning, Earl and Nancy. Hello, Vigilante. Oh, yes. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I, I hope I get number seven. That way I feel like James Bond, 007. Ooh, numbers. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, think about that. There you go. Um, as always, your show triggers so many different emotions that I experienced either back in my past or recently. Um, first off, with the dealership that charged um, the Jeep and Chrysler for a price, a part they didn't need, I feel is like robbery. And yes, it was under warranty, and yes, the consumer didn't pay for it, but ultimately we will because they're going to be passing yeah. on those costs to us in future models. Yep, true. So that's, um, that's the way of looking at that. It was actually happened to me when I purchased a certified used Mercedes-Benz up in Melbourne. Um, they said, oh, yeah, look, you need this, you need that, and, and they, they put in all these things that, for wood trims and stuff that was fading that didn't look bad at all. It turned out to be over $1,000 they charged Mercedes-Benz for these parts, and I was a little disturbed by that. Yep. I mean, that was five years ago. But um, anyway, so the long thing is we will eventually all pay for it. Right. Now, on another note, yesterday Amory and I were out looking at different cars, and we went by Audi just to see what that was all about because she was to eventually replace her um, Lexus 2008 RX350 she's had since new and you guys didn't service it and the car looks great and I think Randy thinks she should never get rid of it but that's Randy <laughs> anyway um, an interesting point at the Audi dealership in Palm Beach on Okeechobee 
they have a box of, of masks. When you come through the door, if you need a mask, they have masks. So I thought that would be interesting for your, your mask um, wearers. And um, we also saw that the other day when we went in Best Buy, they have a box of masks right by the door. So if you don't have a mask, there a lot of these um, places are providing masks for you all. We do, we do that, Frank. Um, we don't have a box by the front door because uh, I just were concerned about them disappearing quickly. But anybody, that's the policy. If anybody is not wearing a mask, we don't. We we, we open the conversation by offering them a mask, and that's a, a well, that's I think true. a little a little softer approach than hey, put your mask on. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's actually very nice. And then afterwards, we would stop by the Mercedes dealership on Okeechobee, and I guess they're in their big renovation. I mean, they're working out of a trailer, and you have a porta potty to stay in. I mean, it's, it's really quite um, a, a unique experience to say the least. But there was a young gentleman there by the name of Ryan. He looked very young and. But um, had a very good attitude, and he's been around Mercedes both in college and after college, and he was very, very knowledgeable. We were speaking about cars, and you could tell that he knew the cars. And um, the ironic thing, when I asked him, I said, where do you drive? He has like a 1989 Toyota. <laughs> um, <laughs> he says, I'm around all these fancy cars. I want something good and reliable that I, I can enjoy and work on myself. So I, um, I thought that was kind of unique, too. And he, he didn't hear about you guys yet, but the, the manager, of course, know you. Like I said, when we mention Earl's name in a car dealership, it's like a lightning rod. It's just, I, I, I enjoy seeing their reactions. <laughs> um, it's, um, but anyway, yeah, it was, um, it was an interesting day, and, and uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing how this works out. About and then, uh, of course, um, it's good to have spell check for when you spell vigilantes because um, it took yeah. about four tries. <laughs> I'm glad I had that when when I did the website. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But anyway, yeah, thank you again, guys. Um, there was something else I was going to talk about. And I it's, that's okay. I'm getting old and seen also. Uh, text me if you if you remember. Just just send me a text. I'll read it out loud. Okay. Thanks so much. You guys have a good weekend. Appreciate yeah. you being thank there. You, Great thanks, hearing Frank. from you, Frank. You know, one of the things that Frank mentioned about the warranty going on, costing you more in the long run, even though. Uh, you know, was it Hyundai or oh, Chrysler paid for this and the customer didn't have to pay for it. Now, because there was so much warranty fraud and we're presuming it's fraud, it could, it could have been incompetence, mm -hmm. but because the manufacturers are afraid of their dealers and the manufacturers audit dealers all the time. I uh, just read the other day that Nissan is doing a massive audit of all their dealers. They've, they're increasing the frequency of the audits. Just like the IRS uh, come in audit for taxes, car manufacturers go into dealers all the time and they do surprise audits. They walk in the door, say, hi, I'm from uh, Honda and I want to see all your books. And they go through there and they find out there's been warranty fraud or warranty stupidity or whatever you want to call it. And they say, now you owe us $185,000. And they, when dealers call in warranty claims, if a dealer has a history of cheating or submitting claims that are not valid, then they are less likely to approve a claim. So we, we have uh, a lot of situations where um, a dealer will turn down a, a warranty repair and uh, the customer will come into us and we get it approved, mainly because we are strictly honest and transparent about what we do under warranty. And uh, we don't get audited by uh, the manufacturer because we're trusted and our warranty claims are in line. So, uh, yeah, get mad about this thing that happened at Hyundai Chrysler Jeep Dodge because 
That is one of the reasons that you people that have the Jeep that go in there, they say, I'm sorry, we can't help you. Uh, we can't submit that warranty claim because we can't get it approved. Where it really affects a lot of uh, buyers practically is a manufacturer will stretch and they'll go a few months or a few thousand miles out of warranty and fix something and call it goodwill, which is accepted if the dealer has a reputation for being honest with the manufacturer. But when the dealer's been cheating the manufacturer, they are very rigid, and if you're just a few hundred miles out, they say, no dice, no deal. We don't believe that you're telling me the truth about the odometer or about, you know, whatever else um, uh, the, the claim is about. Oh, so there. There you go. Okay, let's do some text. Uh, I think yes. that uh, Rick's just, got something for us. Just a thought on that. Uh, isn't it true that eventually that computer, that, that small drop in the bucket, eventually that's going to wind up being paid for by the people that buy the next Jeeps in line because Jeep is eventually going to have to raise their price on the Jeep a little bit yeah. in order to cover yeah, any Frank, of those Frank, Frank mentioned that. He's, uh, messed up things. That's very true, yes. Okay, um, I'll tell you, uh, this uh, Earl's Vigilantes is a, a very interesting concept, and if you consider yourself an educated uh, consumer, and uh, there sure are a lot of them out there, and uh, experienced in uh, purchasing a car, we all are, you can really uh, help us out, and you can join Earl's Vigilantes, and uh, it's easy to do. Just go to earlsvigilantes.com. We have a text from Anne-Marie. Oh, it's, I a, love good, it's a good one. It's a good one. I was waiting. Sometimes she gets in early. Sometimes she comes in mid-show, but she's always there. I already talked to Anne Marie on the sunrise. Yeah, so I was just going yeah. okay. to say, you know, she was up early this morning. She may have uh, had to have taken a little nap. Or, or she drank a lot of coffee. Um, my observation for today is about buying a car from the manufacturer. Volvo has a European vacation program. I understand that the way it works is that you go to your local Volvo dealer design your custom Volvo, place your order, and confirm your order with a $3,000 deposit. The program includes discounts from MSRP, round-trip airfare, including lounge privileges, ooh, a hotel, tour of the plant, uh, and then you pick up your customized car complete with temporary European insurance and registration. You drive it around, then they ship it back to your local dealer. The Volvo plan blends buying the car through the dealer and picking it up at the factory. That sounds like a fabulous vacation for those who can afford it. It would be very tempting um, if I wanted to buy a Volvo. Direct sales is quite appealing because it sounds like you avoid the excess bogus fees and hassles that most dealers dish out to their customers. Perhaps competition from manufacturers would help clean up the worst offenses that dealers inflict on their customers. Ideally, I'd like to see a domestic program where a customer could go to a dealer, design their car, put in an order knowing that the manufacturer has special pricing and the dealer can't add extra bogus fees then travel up to the manufacturer and pick up the vehicle. It would be a two for vacation, two for vacation and a new vehicle included. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Brilliant, as always, Anne-Marie. And they, yeah. other than Volvo, the, I think Mercedes, a number of the European manufacturers have the program where you can fly to Europe, pick your car up, and have it shipped back. And uh, that's kind of cool, as, if you can afford it. Uh, as far as uh, having your car built to spec, uh, that's just uh, uh, years away uh, they can almost do it today when we get into electric cars it'll be SOP and you'll just have Tesla does it right now Tesla has one of each in their satellite service and and uh, display areas you go into a Tesla dealership 
uh, all the colors they make are there. And then you walk over to the computer and you order the color you want online. You can't buy in Florida. You can't buy the one that's shown in Florida. In other states you can, but not in Florida. And then you have to uh, wait and you take delivery. Uh, the turnaround time in electric cars is going to be very quick because the, 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 uh, it's going to be all yeah. software. They need to get away from, the, I think one of the reasons why it's, it's difficult to custom build a car now is the immense number of different models, trim levels, yeah. equipment packages. Too many parts. It's just too many things to put together. It needs to be, that's the reason Tesla is simplified. There's not a whole lot of options. And I understand that's probably why, since it's all standard, why they're expensive vehicles. Um, but they need to figure that part out because if they just simplify, you have three trim levels, a couple of options, then ordering a car to spec would be pretty simple. Great points, Stu. Really, simplicity. Uh, folks, give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can take advantage of the text number 772-497-6530. And we are now going to go out to the Bronx and talk to Howard. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Next Friday, I'm leaving for Jupiter, so I'll be uh, I'll be seeing you in the uh, at dealership. Um, Great. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah. So the weather here is pleasant, but uh, you know it's going to turn. And yes. I don't want to be here when it's cold. Believe me. <laughs> Not okay. for the turn. <laughs> okay. Here's my question. Um, I want to know exactly what is covered on the dr- drivetrain, and what specific item is the axle boot. Front axle boot covered on the drivetrain warranty. Okay, I'll let I'll let Rick answer that. I'm going to give you a rule of thumb because I'm I'm a rule of thumb guy. Mm. And um, a rule of thumb is the powertrain warranty covers all the parts on your vehicle that are lubricated with the oil. You got oil, you know, if it lubricates it, it's covered by the powertrain warranty. Now I'll get the detailed answer from Rick. Axle boots are covered under the Toyota 5-year 60,000-mile warranty. And interestingly enough, the axle, the wheel bearings for the drive wheels are covered as well under 5-year 60,000 miles. So if your vehicle is a front-wheel drive, then the front-wheel bearings are 560. The rear-wheel bearings are 336. If it's a rear-wheel drive, it's opposite of that. And if it's all-wheel drive, they're all covered, five-year, 60,000. What Toyota has a rear-wheel drive? I don't believe Tacoma, Tundra, Forerunner, Sequoia. Supra. Supra. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. All our trucks and the big SUVs, and, of course, all of our all-wheel drive vehicles. So why do they go to uh, front-wheel drive to begin with? Why not stick with all-wheel, rear-wheel drive? What's the advantage of the front wheel drive? Cost, probably. It's a matter of uh, how much can you charge the customer, yeah. And also stability. Yeah, plus front wheel drive actually is a much more stable vehicle in the snow and in the rain. And I can tell you from my own experience with my truck, when the roads get wet and I go to take off from a traffic light and the tires hit those painted white lines on the road, those tires slip very easily. Yeah, Front-wheel drive cars, not so much. I haven't lost control of my car uh, since high school. Well, very good. <laughs> I, I know of my old Pontiac. Uh, I had a rear-wheel drive. I never had any uh, service done on it. it was like it, it, the, re, the rear-wheel drive, uh, 
no problem as far as the axle is concerned. So well, you had the only Pontiac that didn't require service because I was a Pontiac dealer and we made a fortune in the service department. I remember that when you were a Pontiac dealer. <laughs> I'm older than you, so I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, one other question, a fast one. Uh, the Mirai is in California. Yeah. Do you ever? Uh, do you ever think that it would be in, uh, come to Florida? No, they, the Toyota, it was it's yeah. more like an experiment. It was only in, in California, and uh, it's a pretty cool car. I actually got to drive one once when I went out to a, a meeting, and uh, really neat concept. Um, that was actually Toyota initially. That was their uh, first foray into, like, you know, all-electric car, and it was the, the, the hydrogen fuel cell. And um, they, they've abandoned that pretty much. They're still Mirai's, but they're abandoned going to, like, the battery power electric, more like Tesla. But it's a pretty cool car. Clean, pure water dripped out of the tailpipe. That was the only um, byproduct. Hmm. One of the biggest oh. issues with a hydrogen-driven car like that is the infrastructure does not exist in the United States for refueling it. I mean, people only talk in about... California, it does. I believe right. it There's, does in California. There are limited places in California, but we, we talk about electric cars and where are you going to recharge your electric car? Well, now there's places everywhere to recharge an electric car, but where are you going to buy hydrogen? Right, no interest. Right, exactly. That's the problem. Okay, but uh, the, the hydrogen is the cleanest, I believe. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate you guys. And I'll I'll talk to you from uh, Jupiter next week. Yeah. How about okay. a Bronx, how about a Bronx cheer before you leave? <laughs> okay, you got it. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you, Howard. Uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to the weather. You know, Rick, uh, one of my horrible experiences as far as losing control of your car was back in Pittsburgh, and we had a horrific snowstorm. And I was in my car, and I came down, lost control of my car, and I came down the hill backwards. I had a similar experience. And that was shocking i had my mother in the car with me which was even worse as i think she beat me over the head i'm not sure something like that but i did get control of the car quite quickly and uh, at that point i became a seasoned driver there you go just a little walk down memory lane folks uh especially the ladies i got fifty dollars for you we're running out of time <laughs> two new lady callers $50. Give me a call. 877-960-9960. Call to say hello. Want to text us? 772-497-6530. And don't forget to sign up for Earl's Vigilantes. And also, I know I'm giving you a lot of information, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay, Rick, YouTube. We do. Uh, E.C. Olson is saying, I park my car outside all the time, and I make sure it's waxed a lot, but the clear coat on my 2014 Kia Soul is bad on the hood and roof. I'll have to take it to a body shop in Port St. Lucie to get it fixed. Interesting. Uh, you know, Toyota had a severe clear coat problem. Uh, in fact, they had no clear coat. That's a real problem on the mm. white cars. Uh, you might try uh, uh, some sort, of, you might check with Kia, uh, maybe go to a chat room, maybe go online, see if there are other people with the Kia uh, issue on that model that uh, have the paint problem. And you might even be able to get some assistance from Kia. Uh, we don't know. Uh, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. You go to a dealership and you say, can you check and give me some help on painting this car? 
your warranty's probably only three years, 36,000 miles on the paint, and you're probably well out of warranty, but if there's an acknowledged problem, uh, then they might even have some sort of a secret warranty, some sort of a recall or, or a, a Toyota, I say Toyota, a service bulletin that would uh, fix it for you, would give you some assistance. And, and one of the things that I've noticed, I, I, I look at cars a lot as I'm driving down the road, and it seems here in Florida we have a real issue with clear coat delamination and I, I'm guessing it's got to be the sun and the UV yeah, the radiation. Sun, they call it the sun belt. They got Arizona, California, yeah. uh, you know, Florida, and you know, any place where you got a lot of sun, especially salt, uh, just a very, very uh, uh, negative environment for an automobile. Yeah. And yeah. we have yeah. so that's the reason. If you're a Floridian, uh, you just can't fight the fact that you're going to have problems. Rust is a thing of the past in many states of the union, but in Florida, if you live on the coast. Your car's going to rust. I don't yeah. care what they do to it. Your oh, car's yeah. going to rust internally, really, and you don't even see it till it's too late. Yeah. And the brakes, one yeah. of the big ones. Yeah. That's you internal, live near the yeah. ocean. Boy, the elements really play havoc, don't they? Yeah. Uh, but uh, we certainly enjoy the sun all year round. I know I do, being from Pittsburgh. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, 877-960-9960. You're an important part of the show. We'd love to hear from you. And the text is 772-497-6530. And uh, we're going to go to Bobby, who's waiting. Uh, he is from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning. Nice to speak to you. Welcome. Um, I have a number of things I'd like to get to. You were talking about the manufacturers uh, being cheated by the dealers on warranty issues. I would say that is sauce for the goose, as they say, because... If they think that the dealers who cheat their customers aren't going to cheat the manufacturer, then they're sorely mistaken. Bingo. The manufacturers could do something about it if they wanted to. They could say, don't go to Earl Stewart for warranty work because we've found that they're not honest about it. But they won't do that. No. No, you're so right. You're that's right. one thing. Yeah. They, they, can, they can end that if they wanted to, but they'll do it internally and and not let the customer know and and by the way you were talking about the man buying directly from the manufacturers we we know that they're they're not in the customer's best interest either as evidenced by remember when i think toyota cracked down on the dealers um advertising better prices than yes. was it i mean they're not looking out for the customer yeah. so yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think they would suddenly start looking out for the customer. Um, so that was, that was the second thing. The third thing I wanted to talk about was shop fees in service. Uh, people need to notice, and I noticed on your advertisements, Mr. Stewart, you don't charge shop fees. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Well, it's about 10% at the dealers now, and that's, that adds up quite quickly You're right. on, a, on routine maintenance. Um, and people need to pay attention. I don't know what they can do about it, except look for people who don't charge it. Yeah, Bobby, they won't take it off. A lot of people don't. I'm glad you brought that up because there are a lot of people don't even know they're paying it. We pay a lot of attention to hidden fees, and we call them dealer fees, and, and we talk about thousands of dollars. We don't talk about the, uh, the service hidden fee, which is uh, uh, at the bottom of the invoice, and they name it something, uh, 
uh, that sounds official. They'll call it hazardous waste disposal, sundry supplies, miscellaneous, uh, anything you can imagine, they call it that. And uh, as you say, it's a percentage of the invoice. It could be 5%, 10%. And you bring your car in a lot more for service than you do when you buy a car. So you're paying that, that hidden fee in your service department. Every dealer I know charges it. I don't know a service department by dealership or independent, they all charge it. It's bogus, it's not fair, and uh, it should be against the law. The only people that stand up against that is the American Automobile Association. And if you're an approved by the American Automobile Association dealer for service, uh, the requirement, I'm not saying that they check it as much as they should, but the requirement of the AAA is you cannot charge an extra fee on your service invoice. You just charge for what you did, and you can't add anything else. And I'm glad you brought that up. We don't talk about it as often as we should, but it's probably averages $25 uh, on the average service bill, which is terrible. You're right. Yeah. Would you say? Would you say most dealers are part of the American automobile dealer? No. Whatever. You, whatever. Yeah, the, most uh, are most. Yeah, are. the American Automobile Association only has a few dealers. If you have uh, in, in Palm Beach County, they might have uh, uh, six or eight, and they're not all dealers. Some of them are independents, uh, but that's the rule. And uh, the AAA, uh, they don't enforce it the way they should, and I don't blame them. It's expensive to have to shop and mystery shop and enforce. Uh, by the way, uh, we should start doing that too. If we're going to be doing more mystery shops or service departments, we need to start measuring uh, the uh, miscellaneous sundry supply fee that is at the bottom of the invoice. Right. By, by the way, as a tip, um, I don't want to use up your time, Bobby, but as a tip, if you're buying, if you're paying your invoice in a car dealership or independent garage, and you look at the bottom, you'll find it. it'll be uh, nuts and bolts, uh, uh, fasteners, miscellaneous sundry supplies, hazardous waste disposal. It'll be something you don't understand because you didn't have it done. If you question the cashier, and if you make a point of saying, listen, mm. that's not fair, I didn't come in here to buy that, and I'm not going to pay it, they usually instruct the cashiers to take it off the bill. And you'd be surprised if you object more than half the time they'll take it off. Mm. That's, that's interesting. I will yeah. give that a try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, now, I want to call you in on the carpet for something. You say you like complaints, and I'm, okay. i am got a complaint for you. Okay. And I don't give you an F because you do advertise that you don't charge service fees, which okay. I think is good. Okay. But your service, your service specials are still advertised mostly as 12% off, 15% off, a 30,000-mile checkup, 12% off, oil change, 15% off. I think those are are right for um, Manipulation. being wrong. Yeah, yeah. I hear, so hear you. I think you, need to I think you need to advertise what price you're selling a four-cylinder synthetic oil change for, yeah. whatever that may be. I, I do and, have to interject, and maybe it's not as clear. We do list all the major service pricings on, on the website. And I, w I think we He's should do. about the coupons. I, I understand. Yeah. We we need to put that price on the coupons because it's it's on a different set. So there's a list of service pricing, and that percentage off comes off I, that those prices. I, I, I believe we use a service, Bobby, that uh, Toyota Toyota provides, and we're limited as to how we can customize these. The it's, it's a template. We plug it in, 
And uh, I, there are other things on our coupons I don't like either. Uh, they have certain... Uh, Disclaimer uh, stuff. Yeah, consumer uh, disclosure. We don't like fine print. But your, your point is well taken. We will certainly look into it and make a change if we can. I was going to, uh, if I have another minute, I was sure. going to ask you about how much Toyota controls those coupons because it's, it's oddly different. Every dealer in the area is, is sort of different, sort of specifically different. They allow the dealers yeah. to choose the amount of the discount, but like Earl said, there is like a template that's offered. And um, like some of the, the fine print that's in there is can't be changed. But so I think you gave me a good idea, though. I think if we can't change the coupons, certainly on the page where the coupons are, we can have a link back to the pricing page, so it's easier to find with what that twelve percent is being taken off. The reason we of. use Toyota yeah. to use this and don't do it ourselves, I much prefer to do it ourselves. Toyota has a database; they have uh, the, the the list of all customers that have come into our service department, how long it's been since they've been in, those that bought the car and never came back, those that bought the car came back once. They also know uh, all the dealers in our, what they call the primary market area. So they, 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 they hold us blackmail by, if you want to use our database and our information on your customers, then you have to use our mail service. I don't like it, but uh, we're, our hands are tied. Right. Yet, yet another reason why I don't know that trusting the manufacturers to do a better job is a good idea because I don't think they will. I think they'll continue to hoodwink us if they can. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Anyhow, uh, thanks I, I, very much. I enjoy the show. Thank you, Bobby. Bobby, a great call. Uh, you brought a lot to our attention. And please give us a call again, 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget www.youranonymousfeedback.com. And again, ladies, uh, please give us a call. You can win yourself $50 first two new lady callers. Boy, the time has really passed by quickly this morning. I don't know. Maybe you, we've got a YouTube over here. <laughs> Frank Hall is asking, retail prices of used cars have been crazy this year. Have you seen them starting to drop yet? Yes, they're dropping and, uh, and fairly quickly. Uh, it's a great question and it prompts me for another point I wanted to make. There was an article in the Detroit Free Press recently, the USA Today yesterday, uh, reminding you if you're leasing a car to please consider the fact that the market value of your car might be higher than the residual option to buy. The odds against that happening are high. It probably won't be. But they give a great example of, a, of a, one of these big, expensive GMC Yukon uh, uh, that, uh, that was actually worth far more than the residual value. And a lessee was able to get out of a lease. Uh, this happened to be uh, uh, the wife of Swap a Lease com, which is a company that will uh, find someone to take over your lease for you. But anyway, she was able to get out of her Yukon and actually pay off the remaining value of the lease and come out $2,000 ahead. So uh, if you have an expensive uh, SUV, uh, luxury truck kind of a thing, it's worth a look at, to be sure that, that you uh, might be able to buy the car with the option 
flip it, as we say, and actually make a profit on it. You yeah. don't have to keep the car, but you can accept the right, sell it back to the dealer that you lease the car from. That's really a great article, and there may be more, uh, there may be some hidden cash uh, yeah. parked right in your driveway. So yeah. take a look at that article. It's in the USA Today, and it's in the uh, weekend edition. I think that Stu has uh, uh, 40, a whole for, lot 47. of 47. No, we have to get through. 27? 47. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, there's a bunch, but... Uh, uh, real quick, Earl, love your woodland setting, lovely fall colors. Just be careful. I think I saw a marmot. <laughs> oh, a marmot? Wow. Marmot. Um, I saw a skink the other day. Did you really? Yeah. It skinked under a rock? On oh, a tree. Okay, here's one for Rick. There's something wrong with my 2003 Camry. I know it's getting old, and I've started to spend some money on repairs. Whenever I go over a bump, there's a crazy loud bang coming from the front of my car. I was hoping Rick could tell me what to expect before I take it in. I'm going to go on a pretty good-sized limb here and say 90% of the time, strut that's towers. going to be the strut tops. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the strut, McPherson strut suspension on the Camrys, the top sure. assembly of it with the bearings yeah. start to get loose over age, and they'll rattle and make noise Is it when expensive? you hit a bump. Uh, they can be rather expensive going to a dealership to have it done. However, one of the really great new features that aftermarket has come up, they have an assembly where it's the entire top, spring, and strut all in one assembly. Give me a round number. How much to go fix it? Uh, Part-wise, I'm going to say about... Just give me a total. $400 total on parts and labor. You're looking at about another $400. Okay, so 2003. Uh, be careful. Yeah, very good. Okay, about six years ago, ABC News did an undercover investigation, just like you did, where they loosened a wire, just like you did. <clears throat> several did several um, shops did the right thing and reported to the customer that it was just a loose wire. Unfortunately, several diagnosed a serious condition and charged hundreds of dollars for the pair, and that's from Bobby in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's going to happen, and uh, we're going to do more of this. I, in a way, I feel bad because I'm doing the work the manufacturers should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I'm yeah, surprised that they don't. We're, we're probably going to find out. We, we, we need to start shopping some cars that are out of warranty because if they're in well, warranty, the next, we're yeah. shopping for the manufacturers. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we weren't sure what, what route they were going to go. We told yeah. the shopper, we said, pay whatever they tell you to pay, we'll reimburse you. Yeah. Um, all right, here's a, here's a tough one. Uh, be honest and tell me which car manufa maker manufactures, on the whole, the best vehicles. One answer, don't give a politically correct answer, which car maker? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm a Consumer Reports guy, so I say Lexus, Honda, Toyota, Subaru. They, they said one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, you can't say one because because every manufacturer has a, uh, a multitude of models and and, uh, and and styles, and so every one is different. Uh, you can have a you can have a manufacturer that has a car that is on the do not recommend list by Consumer Reports, and they can also have a car that's the best in its class. So you, you just can't say a manufacturer. Said, they said on they said on the whole. On the whole. On the whole. On the whole would be. <laughs> I'm, help, uh, I'm helping the anonymous. On the whole is Lexus. On the whole is Lexus. Very good. Uh, what kind of vehicle do you drive? A Lexus. Well, I do. I, I mean, know. and you're smart. <laughs> yeah. You, you read Consumer Reports. And, and if I was a Chevrolet dealer, I'd still be driving a Lexus. <laughs> That's intimidating, Stu. Okay. Um, more anonymous feedback is: How does Arizona heat affect the hybrid battery? Uh, same question for cold weather states. 
how does Arizona heat affect a hybrid ba battery? So this person is from Arizona. And the same oh, yeah. question for colder weather states. I don't think there's a big difference, but uh, you, you go ahead, uh, Rick. Uh, there's really not that big an issue on them nowadays. Uh, cold weather actually is going to be a little more detrimental. It's, it's going to take it a little longer for it to warm up. operate and warm up properly. But heat can be a big issue. That's why they have cooling fans built in really to keep things nice and clear. One of the most important things to remember is look for the vents where the f inlet is for the air for that hybrid battery. In the back seat. And don't block yeah. it. Yeah. That's why there are no Chevy dealers in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> Next. Okay. Um, hey, Earl. Did you see those scumbags at Nissan Motor Acceptance Corp repossessed cars they shouldn't have and then stuck the car owners with an unlawful storage fee? No. Uh, no. Then the personal belongings in their car were held hostage for more fees. This is why people hate car dealers. You know, I can only say this. Nissan oh. is going to hell in a handbasket. They, they got the CEO in jail. No, he escaped. I forgot. Oh. And, uh, and they're, they're harassing their dealers. The dealers hate them. Uh, the customers hate them. Uh, they're going broke. Uh, I just have never, I just don't know how one manufacturer can do so many things wrong. Yeah, nobody likes Nissan. I mean, yeah. uh, we were going to buy a Nissan dealership at one point. Yeah, they told us they were trying a new thing where they wanted to have one dealer, one owner own all the, the Nissan dealerships in the yeah, market. Yeah. How bad would that, I mean, you talk about yeah. uh, disincentive towards competition. Yeah. They got a bad dealer, the entire town is, is screwed. Yeah. All right. Uh, good afternoon, Earl. I wanted to comment on your volunteer advocate initiative. I've found through friends and family that most people do not want advice that might keep them from immediate gratification, that dopamine hit of buying a new car. They would rather be abused by the dealership and leave with a new car and a long tale of woe than hold back, be patient, demand a better deal and or financing. When you attempt to give advice that might impede the immediate delivery of the vehicle, the new used car buyer gets a little hostile and no longer receives the advice with the good intent for which it was given. Well, it's the psychology. People, uh, you know, they'd rather get mad at somebody else than themselves. If you don't do your due diligence and you don't do your homework and you go out and get taken advantage of, uh, you can scream and yell at the dealer, and they, they deserve it, but you deserve some of the blame for not being careful. Uh, you know, I don't want to get in the, uh, you know, I, I think that, most people do want to get a good deal. Most people do want to be educated and helped and assisted. And that's what the vigilantes mm -hmm. are going to do mainly is help people. I, I see a vigilante. I, I love the picture Stu did for my uh, blog uh, in some Florida Weekly. He took uh, that Uncle Sam and he put my face in there. And I know it's ugly, but. <laughs> the stern face. <laughs> yeah, stern face. But uh, yeah, uh, you're going to help people that need help. A lot of people out there do not have the wherewithal to negotiate yeah. with a car dealer. So the vigilantes will help uh, in many ways. Yeah, I think that our, uh, not to brag, I think our ratings uh, <laughs> suggest that people are looking for good advice. Yeah. Um, good morning, Earl. This is more anonymous feedback. Good morning. I have a question for you and Rick. I'm looking to purchase a used Corolla Hybrid uh, 2012 to 2015 for my daughter. Um, I know, it will, they didn't make a hybrid, I think, until 2019. So. Right. Yeah. Um, but Corollas, um, I want to. I know the cars are solid mechanically, but I'm wondering how much a new battery would cost if the current battery goes bad. I'm talking brand new battery, not a reconditioned or used one. Um, for a hybrid battery, I can answer that's around 2,000 right now for a, a, a yes. new one. Um, but you'd have to go up to a 2019 to get a hybrid Corolla. Yeah. Uh, Priuses or other hybrids go back um, many, many years. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, question for Rick. And this is a anonymous feedback. I saw your YouTube video on the check airbag system light. My check airbag light is also coming on, but when I go to the dealership, the light goes out. <laughs> just somebody's got a remote. And when you go to the doctor, your headache goes away too. I mean, it's exactly. just Murphy's law. It's it, it is a kind of a funny inside joke within the dealership that these uh, not a joke, but it's frustrating. These intermittent problems are the hardest things to diagnose. Um, but when I go to the dealership, the light goes out. Just um, just as what happened to the caller in your video. Do you know if he figured out the problem? Uh, you had requested that he take the car to the dealer and have them hook up a device to see what codes appear. Any idea what could be happening to my car? Uh, like Earl said, intermittent issues can be a real pain in the neck to find, but airbags being a safety issue, they can, they absolutely can pull the codes and be able to figure out which circuit the, is having the issue, and a good mechanic would actually start in checking all the connectors, shaking them, unplugging them, and plugging them back together, and looking to find where this, it's gotta be a loose connection, so it would have to be one of those, and by doing what's called a, a shake test on the wire, and unplugging and plugging them back together, they should be able to find it and solve it. Okay, here's one that came in in all caps. I think they're displeased with our endorsement of off-lease off only. They said, in all caps, off-lease only buys cars that have been hit. They screwed me and lied. They buy ones that show a clean Carfax or other reports, but remember, anyone can have a car fixed if it's not done at a dealership and not report it. I had to learn the hard way. So get a second person to look it over. Earl is right, buyer beware, trust me. Well, uh, we've had Mark Fisher, who is hmm. a founder, and he's a big stockholder in the current uh, off-lease only. Uh, he's an honest person. Uh, he means to run his business honestly. That is not to say that someone was not taking advantage of at an off-lease-only outlet. Uh, so uh, you just need to, uh, off-lease-only uh, has a great niche in used, the used car market. Uh, they, they sell their cars as is. They sell them at a lower price than anybody else. And uh, they're honest. They, don't, they have a small dealer fee, not a big dealer fee, uh, around $500. Uh, you need to take your car when you buy it to a mechanic, get it checked out. You need to do a Carfax report, and you can get a good price. It's kind of like the Home Depot. I mean, the uh, Walmart. I'm sorry. It's kind of like the Walmart of the car used car dealers. Uh, you just have to be careful. You're going to get a good price, but get the car checked out first. Okay. I want to get to one more because I know we're getting close to the time. We have to start the mystery shop report. So this is anonymous feedback. Um, do you ever take in older insurable Toyotas? And beaters as trades that could be used for teenagers to learn how to drive. Most of us don't want to subject our nice cars to teenage mishaps. Yeah, we, uh, we get requests for that car uh, every day, and everybody wants an old beat-up car that they could give to their uh, uh, daughter, son, uh, or whatever. There's always a good reason. The problem is safety. Yeah. And if you can find a good, safe car, I tell people when they call me, first of all, you're not going to be much under... Uh, five or six thousand dollars you're not going to find anything under a thousand and as long as you don't care about color uh, dented fenders uh, uh, faded upholstery stains if you can have a, the ugliest car yeah. you ever saw <laughs> and you don't get picky about it, it it can be safe and you can buy yeah. an ugly, a super ugly car maybe for five thousand dollars it's safe I'd rather, yeah exactly if you can get a, a more recent car 
that was beat to hell. You could save money on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, get the safest car that you can afford for your kid. Uh, there's so many new features right now. I made a joke about losing my control car, uh, control of my car in high school. That's a true story. But that was before the days of traction control, vehicle stability control. The more safety features you can get, the better. Yeah, and definitely Consumer Report. You can always go there. Uh, the November edition has the best used cars under ten thousand dollars, ladies and gentlemen. So take advantage of that. Uh, also, uh, my three teenage girls. Uh, gosh, I could have made you a great deal back then. Mm. Really beat up cars. Mm. <laughs> okay, back we've to got to do a semester shopping report or else we won't have time. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, please vote on that mystery shopping report, 772-497-6530. We are going to Johnson Honda in Stewart. Johnson Honda, Stewart, Florida. And no, our dealership is not in Stewart, Florida. Our dealership is in North Palm Beach. I say that because there's a lot of confusion. I shouldn't have said that, but I did. Okay, for the last several weeks, our mystery shops have focused on bait and switch car dealer advertising. These investigations have taken Agent Lightning and Agent Thunder from Fort Pierce down to Delray Beach and not to Royal Palm Beach. There's no shortage of this type of scam. Even though it comes in different forms, it's fair to say that most car dealer advertising is bait and switch. Uh, all dealer advertising is bait and switch, whether it's a really low payment, a too good to be true price, or hail damage cars that draw people in. The end result is the same. The customer won't get the deal promised in the ad. The dealer will switch, will switch it to something more profitable. Bait and switch, they all do it. Uh, bait and switch car ads have been around for a long time. I just stumbled across a YouTube video of a vintage local Miami news broadcast from 1957. We should put this on yeah. Irwin Carr. We'll, we'll send you the yeah. link. Tom. It was a classic. Ralph Rennick yeah. was a news reporter. 1957. Watching the video transformed me back in time to my senior year in high school uh, when a car dealer came, ad came on. I had to laugh. It was a vintage bait-and-switch ad from Luby Chevrolet. I know some of you out there remember Luby Chevrolet. They were big, by the way. Yeah. Luby Chevrolet. The ad extorted the customer to come in and buy a new 1957 Chevy. When the 1958 models came in just a short time later, Luby promised to take the 57 Chevrolet on trade and only charge the customer an additional $99. Ooh. Ooh. Now that is what I call a bait-and-switch. Uh, so it's been going on forever. That's the mid-20th century, and it ain't changed, and it's not going to change. It's insane that it was uh, half a century ago. Was more, that? It's insane that's more than oh, half yeah, a century. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 60 years ago. Yeah. Now, since we don't have a time machine, we can't send Agent Lightning in to shop them, but I'd be willing to bet there's a catch, and the customer would be switched to a deal much more favorable to Mr. Luby. After all this focus on bait and switch, we think we have thoroughly exhausted the subject for now. We decided to try a fresh approach with a car dealer we haven't visited in five years. Shame on us. Johnson Honda in Stewart, Florida. They were the first Honda dealer in Stewart and uh, Open Point, and what a goal of mine. Mm -hmm. Johnson Honda has a pretty good reputation, and they did well enough on our mystery shop from January 2016, and they were put on our recommended dealer list. The website was clean, modern, devoid of any outrageous offers or claims. The specials were the regional Honda lease offers. Everything was reasonable. Nothing seemed too good to be true. We, bought, we, we thought 
Johnston Honda would be the perfect place to let Agent Lightning take control and just go in without an agenda and just let the process take place. So the only instructions we gave Agent Lightning, our female shopper, by the way, was to go, go to Johnston Honda, pretend to buy a new Accord, a new Honda Accord sedan. And here's the report. I'll pretend like I'm Agent Lightning. I pulled into the parking lot, parked around noon. I exited the vehicle, made my way uh, to the front door. Dave walked outside to greet me when he saw me approach. Dave was wearing a mask. That's good. Asked me how he could help. I told him I was interested in buying a new uh, 2020 Honda Accord. I expected him to leave me inside for the usual information gathering thing, but instead he suggested we go explore their inventory of Accords. He led me to an area uh, where a bunch of new Accords were parked. Dave advised me that the inventory of 2020 models was running low and they were beginning to uh, get the 2021s in. We landed on a black one with an MSRP 27935. There was an addendum, phony Monroney, sticker right next to the Monroney label, which added an appearance package for an additional $899. That's BS. Yep. BS. Dave asked if I'd like to take it for a spin. I said I would. He left me, uh, he let me outside by the car while he ran away to find the key. A little humor here. I heard him repeating the stock number out loud as he walked away. Dave, I advise, just take a picture. 457B, 457B, 45. Take a picture with your phone. Yeah, take a picture. <laughs> I wonder how many times Dave went as he came back and said, I forgot the stock number. That used to happen anyway, to me. That happened I'm making to me. fun of Dave. I'm a, that's not right. He was back in under five minutes with a key in his hand. We took the car for a test drive up and down US-1. I talked the whole time. Dave was quiet. We returned to the dealership and went inside. I observed that about half of the staff wore masks, half. And the other half were not wearing them properly. Uh, or, or wearing them at all. Or not wearing them at all. Over their chins, around their necks, the most visible employee, the front desk receptionist, was not wearing a mask. Now. I, I'm not going to do another rant. I did one last week. Shame on Martin County. Shame on the retailers. Shame on the government. you got to make people wear a mask. They recommend you wear a mask. And as you can see, the retailers aren't making their people wear a mask. And the customers aren't wearing masks either. So you want to get COVID, go to Martin County and buy a car. And by the oh way, boy. Johnson Honda uh, clearly states uh, in their advertisement that they are COVID-19. They have updates. They wear gloves. Uh, the uh, salespeople wear gloves. They wear masks. Not and uh, they have plastic on their seats if you want to take a test drive. And you can believe that just as much as you believe their advertising. Nope. Dave led me to a seat, told me he was going to get a write-up on the cord we just drove. He was gone for a couple of minutes before returning with what he said was his invoice. Here we go, folks. The old invoice game. It looked legitimate. It probably was. He had written plus $500 by the printed invoice price at $24,700. So they're talking about the factory invoice that Honda sends the dealer. And the biggest scam and the biggest joke and the biggest uh, ripoff as okay. a collusion between manufacturers and dealers is the dealer invoice. The Dealer, the factory invoice to the dealer is not the cost of the car. It's a tool to trick people into buying a car for more money. There's thousands of dollars of profit built in to factory invoices to the dealers, and people don't understand that. 
Dave said the deal was good. Now he's he's told me I'm going to buy it for five hundred dollars over invoice. Invoice is too much. And now he wants to sell it to me for five hundred, but he thinks I think invoice is his cost. So that's that's the sum total of the scam here. Uh, only five hundred over invoice. I asked him if this was his best deal. He said it was. I asked him if I could have the invoice to take with me. Dave said he wasn't allowed to give it to me. I asked if I could take a picture. As I pulled out my phone and opened my camera, <laughs> Dave then said he wasn't supposed to show me this, and he yanked it away and before I could snap a picture. Uh, I mean, just, you can't make this stuff up. Right then, the sales manager, Lewis, came over in his hand. He had a sales worksheet. It was almost as if he was listening to my conversation with Dave. He was probably looking around the corner, and I assure you he was listening. The document showed an itemized breakdown of my costs. The market value selling price uh, was the MSRP, 27,935. Uh, there was a discount of 2,735, which made my adjusted selling price 25,200. There was a 7.99 dock fee, so we've got a 8.99 appearance package and a 7.99 dock fee added. Sales tax and I don't think they, it doesn't look like they added the uh, the appearance package on that on that worksheet though. Oh, they didn't. Okay, yeah. that's good. They just had it on the window. Forgot yeah. about it. That's good. Uh, Seven ninety nine <laughs> dock fee uh, and three hundred one in non tax fees. My out the door price was twenty seven thousand nine seventeen. Remember that number, twenty seven thousand nine seventeen. I asked Lewis if he had any room in the deal to come down on price. He didn't answer, but he said. If I were to shop around and say Ed Morris or Brayman Honda, they might tell me a better price. But once I was in finance, I would be surprised by upcharges and Ed fees. Now he sounds like us right. on our own cars. You can count on it at Ed Morris and Brayman. They're going to charge some hidden fees. We don't know what they're going to do at Johnson because we haven't been in the finance department. But I don't know that they don't do the same thing. But I don't know that they do. So there you are. Lewis reiterated that this was a great deal, and if, and, and if I truly found a legitimately better price, uh, he'd tell me to buy it. Uh, that's a good line. Good line to use. That's, that's a, a standoff there. I dare you to get a better price. And if you can find a better price, you should buy the car. I mean, I mean that's what I do. I, that's what my dealership does. So um, the question is, can they find a better price? Dave jumped in to say <laughs> it was making only a $150 commission, and the dealership wasn't making much more than that. Okay, here, they call that puffery. Sue likes that. He always laughs when I say puffery. <laughs> I don't know why. But it's okay to uh, do a little puffing, but you don't want to do a lot of, a lot of lying. Right. I mean, there's a fine line between puffing and lying, and uh, I'm not sure that uh, Dave hasn't crossed that line. Uh, they, he said they weren't making anything on the deal. That's uh, that's nonsense. Well, we know it's nonsense because you have we haven't finished the report yet. It's rubbish. We'll prove we'll prove it's nonsense. Yeah. I said I needed to think about it, and both men expressed uh, understanding. It didn't try to pressure me. That's good to buy now. Not like Treasure Coast Toyota last year. I mean last week. Uh, I thanked them for the time, and Dave walked me out. Dave apologized for not letting me take a picture of the invoice. He said he would have gotten in trouble if he allowed it. I forgave him. He asked me to let me know when I made a decision. I said I would. You've got to ask yourself, why, if, if, you, if you offer to sell somebody 
something at $500 over invoice, and you show them the invoice. Here's the invoice, but they won't let you see it or hold it or take a picture of it. You have to ask, why won't, if, if my price is $500 over that invoice price, why won't they show, let me have a copy of it? I, I don't understand that. Anyway, there's uh, something to ponder. Here's the uh, summary. Dave and Lewis were nice. They didn't pressure agent lasting, but they did make some bold statements about how good a deal they presented. They tried to convince her that the price was so good, other hunter dealers couldn't meet it. They also said they weren't making anything on the deal, and that's nonsense. Uh, keeping them honest, uh, we checked True Car. The best price for the identical Accord for, was from Ed Moore's Honda under True Car. Their out the door price after all taxes and fees, bogus and otherwise, was $26,099, $1,818 lower than Johnson Honda. Now, I have to ask, too, I should have asked it before I went over the report. True Car is a minimum uh, advertised price. Uh, I mean, Honda does minimum advertised price. How did you get the price from True Car on that? The way True Car works right now, um, you build the car, you put the equipment, and then it'll say, get your two car price and then a, and a screen comes up and says here's what's going to happen you're going to get information from the dealers at this point it's a one-on-one -on -one communication with the dealer so that at that point and it happens instantaneously once you submit it they get your personal information then it becomes a they don't list it on the yeah. true car site you get okay, it I got you. you receive it in an email from it from the dealer no, so i understand you told me that before but yeah. i forgot so i got an email from so that's a, that's a legitimate true car price that uh you could buy it at uh at morse honda that same vehicle or $1,818 lower than the Johnson price. Now, remember, <laughs> the Johnson Honda price was $500 below invoice. Over. I mean, over invoice. <laughs> $500 over invoice. And $500 over invoice, they're selling you the car at $1,818 more than uh, Morse Honda. So that shows you how much profit is packed into the invoice. And there we have it. Uh, we got a vote. Uh, we vote on the curve. Uh, we we have Honda Johnson Honda now on the approved vendor list, approved uh, Honda dealer list, and we have to decide if we want to keep them there. Are they doing things that are worse than the competition, uh, or should they be considered passing on the curve? You know, after last week's shop at Treasure Coast, it's hard. It's very hard to grade because that was so <laughs> bad. Uh, this is an A plus, but in yeah. reality, yeah. I'm going to give two grades. I'm going to fail them just on the the, the 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 killing with a smile. So they, she liked them. They're so friendly and so nice, and they and they, but they were dishonest. Um, but if I'm grading on a curb, I'm going to give them a C minus. Rick, I've got Mark from St. Louis with a D plus, Tom with a D minus, Derek with a D. Kit Kat D, Mark Ryan with a D, and I'm actually going to go with a C myself. Yeah, because I, I, like I just that. I think they did all right. Yeah. Nancy. Uh, I, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, you know, do the dealers have to continuously question the intelligence of consumers? Uh, it's so humiliating. Uh, who out there doesn't know uh, that these dealers make an obscene amount of money, especially this one, on a car deal? I give them an F and put your masks on, guys. 
you say that you have masks, you've got rubber gloves, you've got uh, disinfectant, you've got uh, your, your seats are lined with plastic. If you take a uh, test drive, I give them an F. Okay. We have some more coming in, a D plus um, from Robert on uh, Facebook, a D from Martha on Facebook, and a C minus from Mark on Facebook. I'm going to go with a C plus. I, I, got, I, I always get carried away when I read it, and then I come back to uh, uh, you know, the surface, and I realize that this is a curved system. Uh, Johnson Honda is so much more honest than most other dealers. Yeah. Uh, they, what, they went for the jugular. They went for the big gross. They went for the big profit. And uh, we sent Agent Lightning in. I just say I want to go in and buy a Honda Accord. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if our mystery shopper had done due diligence and shopped Raymond Honda and, shopped, there, uh, yeah. and gone in there, uh, they would have got a really good price yeah. from. Uh, if you don't, if you don't shop around, you're going to get slam dunk. Yeah. That's and, and another reason also is. Yeah. Agent Lightning went in there, and she had a, a, a good experience. I mean, there wasn't a pressure. There wasn't. No. She didn't feel yeah. in fear of her life. Well, maybe she did with the COVID yeah. thing, but uh, she didn't feel like she was being attacked, yeah. and yeah. the overall experience was, was yeah. positive. And let me, let me say one more thing about this invoice thing. The invoice thing, there's a rule. There was a text on this. The manufacturers come out and made Honda and Toyota and a, a number of other manufacturers and they, they have dictated to the dealers what the minimum advertised price can be. And the minimum advertised price they chose, all, the, all these different manufacturers, coincidentally, was invoice. invoice. The invoice has got thousands of dollars of profit packed in, and so what they're doing is they're setting the price. To me, it's price fixing. The manufacturers are fixing an artificially high price by saying you can't advertise below that. And the invoice is a trick by the manufacturer in collusion with the dealer to make the consumer pay more money. Rick? I've also got Donovan with a C, MAV with a D minus, Michelle with an F for no mask, and I've got Matt with a C minus, Guy with a C minus, and Kit Kat says Earl is getting soft. <laughs> well, you know, so I, I, I could be a hard, hardcore kind of a grader, and you would look at the recommended list, and they would say, go to Georgia, or go, well, go to uh, Maine. You know, we don't have any dealers down here, so we have to have, uh, we have, to have some kind of a... Uh, you know, I think with your honesty, you know, you're keeping the dealers uh, honest. Uh, and I guess I was banned from the club. Uh, I gave them an F, and all you guys, I mean, because it's... If you want to buy a Honda and you, and you don't send them to Johnson, are you going to send them to Bremen? Are you going to send them to uh, uh, Ed Morris? Where are you going to send them? Knowledge is power. Do your homework. Yeah. Okay, folks, uh, I think that wraps it up, and uh, we are ready to sign off. Another wonderful Saturday with you. Have a safe Saturday. Keep your mask on, and we'll see you back here. Don't next buy a car week. in Martin County. <laughs> <laughs>